0: Drama everywhere you turn in the conference this weekend, including for both the Houston baseball and softball team. We only bring that up because that's who the Bulls will be hosting in both sports this weekend. So we'll kind of give you the outlook, and that's why we do this show, of what's going on with those squads and the entire weekend in baseball and softball. The tennis wrapped up with SMU on the men's side and Memphis on the women's side taking the conference title in Tulsa. Again, the teams that beat the Bulls in the semis went on to win the finals. SMU, first championship since joining the American, and man, did they deserve it. They went 7-0 and in the conference. You know how many teams there are in the conference? Eight. So they beat everybody during the regular season, and they won all three matches in the conference tournament. The finale came against Memphis, and it was a tight one. against memphis that was a tight one four of the six singles matches went to three sets and the others were relatively close including a first set tiebreaker win at number six that was big for smu memphis had knocked off tulsa the host which i was a little surprised at even though memphis was seeded ahead of tulsa in fact the higher seeded team won every single round so the computer rankings turned out to be right in this case even though frankly i think the bulls should be ranked ahead of tulsa and as a matter of fact They now are, but going into the conference tournament, they weren't. That's why the Bulls got stuck with that fourth seed. But the good news is the new computer rankings have the Bulls ahead of Tulsa, basically as the third best team in a conference that surely is going to get at least three teams into the tournament. So that bodes well. It was a pretty awesome Sunday for SMU teams as the men's tennis squad was winning a title. And as you know, the men's golf team won as well in Brooksville. Setting the tournament record, which was put up by the Bulls back in 2015, 27 under par SMU, finished 29 under par, saving their best round for last, which allowed them to hold off the Bulls. A sophomore, Nathan Petronzio, won his first career individual tournament, and he was in first the whole time. So that's pretty darn impressive just ahead, as you know, a run you of the Bulls. Houston finished in third. UCF was 10 and back at Houston. Cincinnati was just one shot behind the Knights. Everybody else finished over par. Well, what did we say for women's tennis? It was going to come down to the semifinal between SMU and Tulsa, basically deciding the second team in the conference. And frankly, you would have assumed UCF would have won. Well, The Bulls took care of that with UCF. Memphis took advantage by beating the Bulls, and the Tigers did not stop there. First of all, that semifinal, Tulsa had the home court advantage but lost the doubles point, had to win four singles matches, and did. So you're thinking, if you're Tulsa, we've got this. We don't have to play UCF. We're ranked ahead of Memphis. And they won the doubles point, taking a tiebreaker at the deciding set. So they had just beaten SMU four out of six in singles. All I got to do is split the singles matches with Memphis, and the Tigers destroy them. Straight set wins at the bottom four spots to clinch, and they were actually ahead in one of the other matches if they needed to. So Memphis had to win the conference tournament to get the NCAA bid. They were ranked 55th, and they did. You know UCF's going to get in. And boy, that last spot, if there is a third spot, or maybe they'll both get in, is going to be very interesting. The selection show is next week. Right now, the projections actually have SMU ranked one spot ahead of Tulsa, but Tulsa just beat them head-to-head, but it was on their home court, so we'll talk more about that next week, obviously. Wrapping up with the weekend in baseball and softball, we said it was dramatic for both Houston teams that are coming to Tampa, and man, was that the case. Houston wins the series against Memphis, but they were all down to the wire, and the first one was a shocking win for the Tigers, going up against Houston closer Ben Sears. They were down 9-7 to with nobody on and two outs and two strikes and came back to win. It was crazy and really could have sent the Cougars in a bad direction. They had put up eight runs against Memphis starter Landon Gartman, the guy that the Bulls could not solve. Looked like they were going to cruise to victory, up 6 nothing. Actually, Memphis tied it initially at 6, only for the Cougars to go back up by 3 and again blow it at the end. They almost blew it again on Saturday. They led 4 nothing after one, but Memphis starter Dalton Fowler actually went into the seventh, did not give up another run, and Memphis tied it with three in the top of the eighth against their outstanding reliever, Derek Cherry. Then Memphis had second and third against Sears, who had blown the save the previous night, with one out in the top of the ninth to take the lead. He gets a couple of outs, and then Memphis walks it off off. On a home run. Sunday wasn't quite as crazy, even though, again, Memphis mounted a comeback from down 4-1. Houston takes it 7-5. So that's the next Bulls opponent. They are one game off the lead which is shared by three teams as Tulane took the big one in New Orleans. All the games really were kind of decided early in this case. So not nearly as much drama, just an important series victory for the Green Wave. Taking the Friday outing 11-5 again, this was 10 nothing through four innings. The Pirates' runs all coming in the final three there. Guy who had been so good in two previous Game 1 starts, Ryder Giles, gave up four in two and two-thirds. They had to use nine pitchers while Tulane just went with Two guys, Dylan Carmouche, seven innings, four runs, went to five and one on the season. Trevor Mender, known more for his defense, the shortstop, drove in five in this game. Couple sack fly RBIs, a Ribby single, as well as the two run homer that made it 10 to nothing. Sometimes you plan for your starting pitching to go a certain way, and then sometimes what happens on Saturday happens. East Carolina beats Tulane eight to three. Their starter, CJ Mayhew, didn't make it out of the second. Then in comes Carter Spivey. He's a reliever. How about seven and a third innings of relief? He's been great all year, but nothing close to that. It was his 21st appearance, and at one point retired 19 batters in a row. Yeah, Carter Spivey was the pitcher of the week, and yet Tulane completely shook that off and took the finale 10-5, to scoring runs in every single inning until the eighth. Not only were the runs spread out, but the... Production was only one player had more than two hits, but he had two homers, Brady, a bear. So East Carolina got no good starting pitching, but one really great relief outing to at least take one game. So it's three teams at eight and four. UCF is the third, went to Wichita, came away with a sweep. First two games, certainly winnable for Wichita. UCF takes the first eight to five. And then the Shockers were up seven to two, only to fall 16 to 12, four RBI each for UCF's leadoff man Jeffrey Pena and Ben McCabe. Then he went 0-5 for on Sunday, but Noah Orlando went 4-5, for and they actually got good pitching. Rudy Gomez started the second, went four innings, struck out five, only gave up one run. They had two four spots, and that was enough for the sweep and an 8-2 win. Handful of Tuesday games, so we'll give you those results and, again, a fuller conference outlook on Wednesdays around the American. And we'll do the same with softball. Expect Wichita to have plenty of conference honorees after sweeping memphis with some lopsided results all run rules 10 to 1 14 to 3 and 19 to zip six spot in the first inning of the first game nearly herring with the grand slam in there of course addison barnard had a homer a three run shot and the run rule provider was another three-run homer by Jessica Garcia. Starting pitcher for Memphis could not get anybody out, gave up a six-spot. While Caitlin Bingham got the complete game for Wichita. Game two, like every game, only went five innings: five in the first, three in each of the next four. Fourteen to three, the final score. Five more home runs in this game. Two from Lauren Mills with Barnard mixing in and inside the Parker. Oh, yeah, she's got speed, too. She leads the country with 26 homers. She's got 67 RBI, but she also has 25 steals. We're looking at a possible 30-30 performer there. And then 19 5 in the first once again, and 11 in the fourth. Along with all the homers, they threw in two two two-run doubles in the inning along with A two-run triple. There was a two-run double in the first inning. As a matter of fact, just two homers, but obviously plenty of ribs to be spread around. Barnard and Mills had four each. In fact, you go back to Tuesday when they had the run rule against Kansas, and Barnard had six homers and 15 RBI in the week. It really makes you... Appreciate even more that the Bulls were able to beat that team twice. On the other hand, UCF scoreless through seven innings in Houston. Again, this is the next Bulls opponent. Watch out for the Cougars. Now UCF got a grand slam from Kennedy Searcy to win 4-1, to one, and they cruised 5-1 to one on Saturday. Looked like they were going to get a 12-0 in the conference. Worth pointing this out because it's the mindset that the next Bulls opponent brings to town. They were down 7-1, to one, about to get swept by, again, Perfect in the conference UCF, and Houston beats the Knights 9-8. Knights helped out with four errors, but still, Houston ties it on a Becca Schulte homer in the fifth, and even though UCF responded with Justin Molina's first homer of the year, looked like they were going to stem the Cougars. No. Bottom of the six. Leadoff single. sack bunt. Single and a walk to load the bases. Tying sack fly and an error. Another one the fourth of the game, and Houston Gives UCF its first loss. Also puts the Cougars ahead of the Bulls heading into this weekend series. That is something we will discuss at length later in the week on Bulls Beat. East Carolina did not play any conference action. There's always one odd team out. They took part in the Lady Vol Challenge, played 14th ranked Tennessee twice and, well, got run-rolled twice and then lost two close ones to NC Greensboro by scores of 8-5 and 3-1. That's our extended tour around the American here on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Thanks for dropping by. I'm Derek Sharp.